I'm Justin. I'm Meredith. And this is Dead Talk. Woo! Issues. Well, because of storm angst. Not here, not anymore. Well, then. It's because I'm trying to download the new Fortnite update. Oh, shit. I need to play it. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm sure you heard about everything that happened in the world of Fortnite. No, actually, I'm not. I don't really follow Fortnite. No, I know, but it was like crazy world news. What happened? So, before the last, like, it's season 11 starting now, but well, they're calling it chapter 2. Okay. Um, they had a an in game event, like like it happened at a certain time. Pretty much, uh, the whole map got sucked into a black hole because of a scientist failed experiment. Yep, you know. And as soon as this. as soon as it gets sucked, as soon as it gets sucked into a black hole, like all you saw on your screen was a black hole, and it sat like that for thirty hours. Hmm. You went so, to face, you, like nobody knew anything because they did not tell you when the, how long the downtime was going to be, and or anything like they they called the event the end. You went to their fucking Instagram, their Twitter, all you saw was the black hole. You went to their Facebook, all you saw was the black hole. You went to Epic Games, you tried to go to Fortnite, and all you saw was the black hole. Like, you could not find any information on the game on any other social medias. Ooh, so they pulled a spooky on you. They pulled a spooky. Yeah, they're like, oh, maybe we're shutting down the game. I don't know. Like, obviously, like, every, like we, you knew they weren't. Oh yeah, but, like it was, it was still like, cool. I have my whole Sunday to do nothing and play video games, and now I'm gonna stare at a black screen for four hours. There were streamers literally, there was a streamer that literally dragged his bed over to in front of his webcam, and just fell asleep. Wow. And we're just sitting there staring at black holes. I mean, it's pretty solid prank because then, like, they just got you to think stare about, at a black screen for a hot not minute. Not only that, think about how much of the free publicity they got. Ooh, that's a good point. We're just completely shutting their game down for, for 30 hours. Minute. How much fucking publicity they got is insane. Just because of their drama. <laughs> I was posting on my Twitter. I don't know if you saw any of my tweets, but I was funny. Because every so often, a black like like a number would pop up next to the black hole, and after a while, people realized because you had to collect these tapes within the game of like this, the scientist talking. Yeah. And people found out that that number linked up to a word that the scientist said, and one of the words was sixty nine. So I, I put sixty nine, then put hashtag Fortnite hashtag nice. Nice. <laughs> the best number. The best number ever. Sixty nine. Nice. Did they also do four twenty sixty nine? No. Oh, bummer. That would have been good. That was a that was a missed opportunity. We we need to, you know, write to their PR people and be like, listen, and you need to do four twenty. Well, I gotta still tell you my story first. Remember? Yeah, because you're part two. Yeah, the guy that was like kidnapping people and like torturing them, which was a no good, very bad day. Weeks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, oh, I, I, so much happened within the month. Like, holy shit. Jessica's working where I'm working now. Oh, hell yeah. We bought a new car. Yes. Get that money, bitches. We're broke now because we bought a new car. Okay. Get that <laughs> car, though. You need that. Right. And, Dad, if you're hearing this, yes, I took out a loan on, my no- uh, on a new car. We can talk about it later. <laughs> it's okay because it's the fact of life is that sometimes we have to take out a loan to, to get a new car because you need a car to get to work and you need work to like keep a roof over your head yeah but he wants me to he wanted me to save money and just like buy a used car which i mean i get but at the same time it's like my brother just got a used truck and he's put like well over a thousand dollars into it already it, you can kind of be careful in buying a used car because like one how how old is the said used car? Cause right, you- especially because I'm driving 350 miles a week, just back and forth to work. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, hey, if you could get a good deal on one that was like maybe a year old, like go for it. But at that point, 
I mean, I can definitely see why you'd want a new one. Yeah. So I understand. So, I, I like my I like my car. So Ooh, which okay. car did you get? I got a 2016 Nissan Rogue. Ooh. It's an SUV. It's fancy. Ooh, that's nice. That's probably good too, because uh, I've never had to deal with Michigan winter, but I know that like uh, it's all wheel drive. Yeah. Because ice and shit. <laughs> that's not good. All right. All right, okay, all right. let's get into Robert, it. Robert Bordella. Uh, <clears throat> Robert Bordella. He was a homosexual man. Uh-huh. Uh, he owned that flea market thing. Oh, that's right. He was a collector. He, seemed, he seems like a chill guy. Until he's not. Until he's not. Yeah, <laughs> until he's not. Until he starts murdering <laughs> people. Right, where we last left off, uh, he had just killed his third victim. Mm-hmm. On September 26th of 1985, James Ferris got a hold of Bradella and asked for a place to stay. Bradella welcomed him with the specific intention of kidnapping him. So as soon as he asked, he's like, oh yeah, like you can come stay. Yeah. But <clears throat> I think I looked it up, like what the intention, of, like how they like, define kidnapping, because like he's already coming over. Is that kidnapping? But it is, because he's keeping him there against his will. Yeah. I had to look it up. I was like, yeah. is that kidnapping? Or... Well, he <laughs> lured him there, but then held him captive. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, they met at a bar uh, that night. Uh, I literally put... Uh, <laughs> I forgot I actually typed that in about the whole kidnapping thing. Mm. <laughs> like, was it kidnapping? Oh, I forgot that I actually put it in. I thought I just looked it up. All right, see, this is how long it's been. Yeah, it's been um, many moons. According to Bradella, he claims James is the first vic- the first of his victims that he intentionally tortured, quote unquote. Meaning everything that he did before this to him was just practice. Bradella brought Ferris home and drugged him. He had uh, hidden crushed tranquilizers in his meal. He tied him to the bed and tortured him almost constantly for the next 27 hours. Yeah. This torture included 7,700 volts of, electro- of electricity being applied to Ferris' shoulders and testicles for Ew. up to five minutes at a time. Ew. Hypodermic needles to his neck and genitals. And throughout the torture, Ferris became delusional. Padella pressed on through, though. Well, yeah, tor- you kind of have to. Cause... Right, he tortured him sexually as well as physically. Eventually, Ferris could no longer support his own body. He could only sit up for 10 to 15 seconds at the time. His breathing got delayed, and he eventually died. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, like, think about that. 27 hours of getting electrocuted constantly? Like, that's just yeah, a mixture of exhaustion and, you know, your body can only handle so much shock. Yeah. It shuts down. Especially if you're, like, putting needles in somebody, too. Like, you're just, you're going to go into shock, and you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His next uh, his next victim was Todd Stoops. He was a drug addict and a sex worker who, with his wife, had previously stayed with Bradella on two separate occasions in 1984. They ran into each other two years later on June 17th of 1986. Bradella invited Todd to his home for lunch. Bradella offered him sex because Stoops needed $13 for drugs, and I looked it up, and that's roughly $30 in today's money. Isn't it crazy how much inflation happened, even just from the 80s to now? See, that's not what I thought. My first thought was, man, $30 for sex is cheap. That's still very cheap. It still sucks. It it made me feel bad for that guy. Well, it tells you that he's desperate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. According to investigators, Bordello was actually very attracted to Stoops, though. He drugged and tied him up all the same, though. This time he graduated the terror he inflicted on his victim. He wanted him as my, he wanted him as a mindless sex slave. He would oh, shock. So was, yeah, so this is kind of like a Dahmer thing. Oh wow, and he was after Dahmer. Ugh. I mean, yeah, Dahmer was like pouring water into people's brains and shit. Acid too. I'm like, calm down, dude. <laughs> like, like, uh, do we really have to do this? Really. <laughs> You know it's gonna kill him. You know that's not gonna work. You're not. You're not a doctor. You don't know how to do this stuff. Right. Yeah. Right, it's, never so... gonna work. it's never gonna work. 
So just stop it. Go get him off. Take him from Rotary. Oh, shit. Right. Where am I? I lost my train of thought. Uh-huh. All right. He would shock Stoops through Stoops' closed, eye, uh, closed eyes in an attempt to blind him. He injected drain cleaner into his uh, larynx? 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 Larynx, larynx. Yeah, larynx. Larynx? Larynx, yeah. Larynx. To try mm-hmm. and silence the screams. During his... During his torture, he begged Bordella for a soda and a sandwich. When Bordella refused, he began to sob. Oh. On June 27th, so, and I'll, I'll put yes, so if you're doing the math, it's been 10 days. June oh, 20- kept him alive longer. Mm-hmm. June 27th, Bordella ruptured, ruptured Stoops' anal wall with his fist, causing discharge and bleeding. Oh. During his final days, Bordello would try to feed him ice cream or soup, but he was, quote, unable to keep anything down. His final day, he was so weak he couldn't breathe in a sitting position. July 1st, Stoops died from septic shock caused by the ruptured anal wall. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did he he fist him? Yeah. And the reason we know all this is because Bordello actually kept notes. This creepy diary? (laughs) Dear diary, tried fisting the first time today. Didn't use any lube, though, because I'm an uneducated weirdo. Right. Oh, God. Listen, listen, people. If you're going to do this kind of stuff, you got to take your time. It's not not supposed to hurt. It's consensual, and, you know, use a lot of lube. Right, it's not supposed to hurt. No, no. Yeah. If it hurts, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Then people get tears in their anal walls and they die of septic poisoning. Oh, that poor guy. Jesus. Terrible. <sighs> yeah. This guy's a piece of shit. <clears throat> so, three years later, in the spring of 1987, Bordella began a friendship with a man named Larry Wayne Pearson. No, Larry. <laughs> Pearson entered Bordella's shop and explained to him that as a child he had a big interest in witchcraft and wizardry. Oh no, honey. Shortly after, Pearson began staying at Bordella's and performed chores around the house as a way to pay rent. Now, he did not intentionally plan on holding Pearson prisoner, but he said that he decided to do so on June 23rd after bailing Pearson from jail. Because him... at a certain point, you might as well, right? Like, right. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. that's your thing now, you might as right. well. If not him, who else? Yeah. Oh, God. Poor Larry. He got him drunk, drugged him, and took him to the basement. According to Bordella, Pearson was the most cooperative victim. He bound his hands above his head, secured the rope to a brick column. He then injected Pearson's uh, larynx with drain cleaner. An electric transformer was brought to the basement. Within the first week, Bordella repeatedly shocked Pearson and broke several bones in his hands by beating him with an iron rod into submission. After uh, five days, though, Bordella decided Pearson could move to the second floor as a form of reward for being cooperative in his physical and sexual abuse. Bordella told Pearson he would not inflict as much pain if he continued to cooperate. Six weeks in, Pearson trained himself to sleep without moving so he would not feel the wrath of Bordella. Oh, wow. After six weeks and a futile effort, Pearson bit down onto Bordella's penis and began screaming that he could continue he could not continue anymore. We did what to his penis? Did it. Get on him, yeah. Chomp that bitch. Bordella responded by beating Pearson into unconsciousness. Oh. He then suffocated him with a bag and ligature. He then went to the hospital. So no one like thought to check on I mean I mean, if someone uh, walks in with a bite mark around their dick, why don't you hold them for questioning? I mean, I, it would just depend on what excuse he gave, but, oh, I don't know, man. Because it would depend on how bad the bite is. I would yeah. bad, but also he's pretty weak at this point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, oof. I mean, I would hope that we lived in a world where something suspicious like that comes in, you're like... Maybe we should call the cops real quick. Right, I was going to make a quick phone copy right back. <laughs> oh my gosh, like, just wait a minute. I'm, like, 
gonna go like wash my hands real good. It might take like 15 minutes, but I'll be right back. And that's when you call the cops. <laughs> you're like, um, so here's the deal, guys. Like, we got some crazy things happening over here. Like, oh gosh, that poor guy. So continue. What what awful thing happened? <laughs> Uh, his body was dismembered later on. His head was placed in the freezer for a short time before being buried in Bordello's backyard. Okay. <sighs> he sucked that bitch in the freezer for a second just to be like, memories. And then was like, mm, we're going to go bury it now, though. March 29th, 1988. And so how long was this? March 19th, 1988. How long was this after... So two years after. Was oh, it no. No, no, like, one, one year after, sorry. Okay, so it sounds like he has, like, a project for the year, right? Right. Oh. So March 29th, 1988, Bradella abducted a 22-year-old male sex worker, Christopher Bryson. He learned to the house with the promise of payment for sex. Once to the house, Bryson was struck and knocked unconscious by an iron bar. He was bound to Bradella's bed. He tortured him in a similar way to all his victims before him. This time, though, he swabbed his eyes with ammonia, saying, the only things you need to think about are you, me, and this house. Oh! Several days. Oh, that's so creepy! Oh, Several... <laughs> The only things you need to worry about is you, me, and this house. Like, did he get that from a porno? Right. He just, like, made it creepy because he's a freak? God, ooh. what happens? <laughs> I forget where I go. <clears throat> um, several days later, he began to trust Bryson. He laid off of the physical abuse, but the sexual abuse was not up for discussion. He ended that discussion by saying, I've gotten this far with other people before, and they're dead now because, <laughs> oh, of, wow. because of mistakes they've made. Okay, of course. Not because you're the one that's torturing people in your house. So three days in, and Bradella is already telling Bryson he trusts him. He had convinced Bradella to tie his arms in front of him during the sexual abuse so his arm circulation wasn't cut off. Bradella also put a TV in the room along with the remote between Bryson's legs so he could have something to watch when Bradella wasn't around. Bryson constantly thought of escape. Day four, he managed to break free from his restraints by burning through them with a book of matches Bradella had left behind. Fuck yeah! Bryson jumped from the second floor window wearing nothing but a dog collar around his neck. Hell yeah, get it. When he landed, he broke a bone in his foot. A meter reader was uh, across the street and Bryson approached calling for help and the cops to be called. He was rushed inside the house and the meter reader had been uh, in the house that the meter reader had been approaching. The cops were called and arrived uh, in minutes. He was questioned by four officers. They noted he had red, swollen eyes, visible scars, and welts across his body as well as his broken foot and the the inability to speak loudly because of the drain cleaner. Later questioning revealed during his torture, Bradella showed Bryce on Polaroids of men who appeared deceased, saying he had unsuccessfully attempted to collect as his sexual slaves. Ah, so he also into weird scrapbooking? Right. He's like, hey, we're going to go trip down memory lane, babe. Yeah, look at all these dead bodies I got. Hmm. This is going to be you. Memories. Memories. <laughs> God, what a weirdo. <clears throat> all right. So he was arrested and he denied police to search his property. They later received a warrant and investigators found the second floor bedroom and burned ropes on the foot of the bed. An electrical transformer plugged into the wall with wires leading to, uh, to the bed. A metal tray with syringes, small bottles with prescription medicine, swabs and eye drops close to the bed, an iron pipe, various lengths of rope and leather belts. They also noticed that posts on the bed had been extensively worn. They discovered a human skull inside a closet on the second floor. A partially decomposed human head in the backyard. Human vertebrae scarred by hacksaws and knives were stored in the hallway. Several human teeth were found in were kept in two envelopes. Ew. A chainsaw with blood stains, flesh, and pubic hair were also found. Oh no. They found excessive he traces of blood in the basement. Huh? And he didn't clean off the hacksaw. No, he was a very messy guy from what it sounds like. 
Wow. Okay. So to be like, one, kidnapped by the psychopath who's gonna like sexually torture you and stuff, but also he can't like clean his own goddamn house. They also found a total of 334 Polaroid pictures and 34 snapshot prints of various males throughout the house. These images showed the men alive and dead. Some pictures were of them being tortured. They also uncovered numerous restraining and sexual devices, hypodermic needles, uh, pornographic literature, <clears throat> and they also found a detailed torture log he made for each of his victims, as well as several newspaper clippings regarding a missing man named Jerry Howell, which, if you remember, was the first man he killed. Yeah. <sighs> one by one, the men were identified. James Ferris' wife, wife was able to identify him through the Polaroid pictures. During his confession, he said, quote, These were not people that I thought of. Once I had them bound and was using them, they became something other than people to me. I never thought it out to the level of, what if one of these bodies ever gets loose? Oh, that's how he, that's how he thought about them. Okay. Wow. So, Yeah. Bradella was able to name all of his victims. He stayed with each victim. The torturing got worse, and he would take pictures as a trophy or, or record the event. He was incarcerated in 1988, and he said he was treated unfairly. He, was, he said he was demonized by the media and complained to a local minister that he was not being prescribed his heart medication. In, in 1992, on October 8th at 2 p.m., he was complaining of heart pains. He was taken to an infirmary, and an ambulance was called. He was pronounced dead of a heart attack at 3.55. He was 43 years old. When the judge uh, was made aware of it, the judge that sentenced him was made aware of his passing, he remarked, quote, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. Oh, I hate that shit. Stop that's, that. That's funny. Oh, wait, so was he being sarcastic? Yes. Oh, I thought he was being serious. <laughs> like a Ted Bundy moment where, like, you know, the judge in the Ted Bundy trials is like, you're oh. the nicest boy. I don't even get why that happened to you. Like, why'd you go kill all these girls? Right. Yeah. Okay, so sarcasm. Then, okay, acknowledged. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. That's what I got. Hell yeah. that was, Dude, that was crazy. I'm so glad someone survived, though. I know. What was the guy's name that survived? Uh, Bryson. Bryson. Christopher Bryson. Christopher Bryson. I hope he's doing well wherever he's at. Right. Hope he's a happy old man. I hope so. Shit, dude. Because you fucking survived. You're going to need so much therapy, though. <laughs> that's okay. Hopefully, hopefully he's already gotten his therapy. I hope so, right? And, like, I hope he's, like, living a very cool, peaceful life and you know, doesn't think about this all that often. Because I think that when something like this, something really bad like this happens to you, you probably can't help but think about it from time to time. But I oh, hope yeah, that for sure. the days when that does happen, I hope it doesn't bother him as much as it used to. Right. Yeah. So good on him. I'm glad he survived. So, uh, yeah, like that, uh, you ever watch Key and Peel? Yes. That sketch where like, he was like, hey, remember me? We were in the human centipede together. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I, was like, I love that show. It's crazy to think that, like, um, oh shit, what's his name? Of that duo. Oh god, I'm blanking. There's Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. How Jordan Peele is like now a master of horror. I'm like, oh, thank you. Thanks for your timeline. All right, okay, I like this. I can deal with uh, it. I still want to see the new um, fuck. Twilight Zone. Yes, thank you. It's pretty good. Fuck, I went to say Twilight Zone, and I thought of um, Futurama. I said, uh, enter the scary door. The scary door. No, it's pretty uh, good. There's Some episodes are better than others, of course, but no, I liked it. I thought it was pretty solid. I'd definitely recommend to watch. It's um, one of the only few funny sketch shows. Mm-hmm. Like, Chappelle's show had its moments. Mine and Mencia was just not funny to me. Yeah. And, like, all of their shit is hilarious. They're so funny. Like, but here's the thing. I think that, like, in order to do drama and, like, horror well, you also have to be really good at comedy. Because comedy is all about timing. Mm -hmm. And also, I think comedy is a lot harder to master because being funny is hard. Like, Tell me about it. 
It's so difficult. And so if you can nail being funny and the timing of doing that, then you understand like what could be scary to somebody, I'd say. I haven't seen either one of his movies, and I'm disappointed in myself. You need to. I heard they're good. Get Out is really good. Us didn't freak me out, but that's because that type of stuff doesn't scare me. But it was still a very good film. I'd still definitely watch it. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not afraid of my other side twin coming up and trying to get me, because it'd be more like, girl, what? Right, she'd be full of rainbows and sunshine. Yeah, she would actually, actually, she might be really cool. Like, (laughs) but she'd be like a cheerleader prep. And I'd be like, well, we can make this work, you know? Because, hey, if I had known that my my other twin was being stuck in a gross ass place like they were in us, which I will not be spoiling and give more detail off of that, I'd be like, no, girl, I'm glad you broke out of there. Come on, let's party. We'll figure this out. And then put the scissors down. Come on, we can cohabitate. It's no big deal. (laughs) <laughs> and that's how we have a weird odd couple sort of situation going on. And it immediately shifts into a, like, comedy. So, you know. Yeah. But fortunately, mine isn't as heavy, I guess I should say. Because it's still terrible. <laughs> but it doesn't have torture porn in it. So. Okay, that's good, I guess. Yeah, yeah. This guy's a fucking idiot. That's what <laughs> like, oh, gosh. Oh, man. I'll, oof, you'll see. You'll see. So the story today is called Operation Purple Re- uh, Purple Rebel, or as I like to call it, Operation Eye Roll, because this guy's extra. To open up the story, uh, there is a young woman called Lisa. Oh fuck! How do I say that? I've never heard that before. Berlanga, yeah, Berlanga. So Lisa Berlanga, and she is a small town girl from Midland, Texas, and she has like big dreams for the future, and she's always wanted to serve in the armed forces in some way, shape, or form. She's also always known that she is a lesbian and is really into chicks. So as lesbians are, I would hope. Also, like, you know, we don't know about sexual attraction spectrum. And, you know, that's cool. Do your thing. But anyhow, uh, so she's a lesbian, but it's during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And so when she leaves high school and she graduates high school, she enlists in the Coast Guard. And she actually falls madly in love with another Coast Guard What's the word we call it? We're coast, we're coast, coast guardians. Coast, coast guardians. <laughs> the guardians of the coast. A fellow guardian of the coast called Anna Tribunakova. And they fall madly in love with each other, but they can't like be super open about it. Because again, don't ask, don't tell. Which for any younger people in the audience, maybe we're not fully aware with this. Which I don't think we really have super young people. But anyways... It's that uh, gay people were technically allowed to serve in the military, but you just couldn't be open and talk about it, which is bullshit. Yeah, it is. Which, fortunately, this thing gets repealed, like, way later. Way later than it should have been repealed. But, you know what? At least it's gone now. But we're still living in that era. So this is around, like, 2012, 2013. So they fall madly in love. They get engaged. But then... Lisa gets transferred out to Kodiak, Alaska, and it kind of breaks their hearts because they're at different bases, but they're like, you know what? We'll make it work. We love each other, and we'll figure it out. So Lisa gets transferred out to Kodiak, Alaska, and she has a new boss called Adrian Loya, and they quickly become very good friends, which, side note, that's a red flag. You shouldn't have a boss try to be like your BFF because that's inappropriate. But Lisa's kind of young and, you know, I could see where you're lonely. You just moved out to Alaska. You don't have any friends. You're away from, like, your <clears throat> say. Well, you know, especially fucking Alaska. Oh, God, there's nothing to do out there, I'm sure. That's why all, the, all one person listening from Alaska, we're not trying to offend you. We're not, we're not dunking on you. We just know there's good parts of your, of your state where there's not a whole lot going on. And that's okay. It's very pretty. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about Loya, though. So Loya grew up in El Paso, Texas, and was a very well-known underachiever. His mother would also go on to say that later that when he was about eight, she noticed his behavior would shift from withdrawn to confrontational at the drop of a hat, and usually took this all out on his younger siblings. Loya also neglected to do his homework and did very poorly in school. But when he turned 21, he decided to join the Coast Guard to make something of himself, and by all means, he honestly was doing pretty well. Surprisingly, 
But sometimes, you know, you put people like that in a very structured environment and they can thrive. So, you know, so they do, they still continue to get really, really close. And that year for Thanksgiving, uh, wait, hold on. I just read that wrong. (laughs) Okay. So the Thanksgiving before Anna and Lisa would get married, Lisa invites Adrian to Thanksgiving with her family and they all have a wonderful time. And then Anna and Lisa would get married a few months later. Now, Loya knows that Anna is gay and engaged, and even though he detested the overall concept of marriage, he's that type of person, uh, he was happy for his friend. However, things changed when Anna and Lisa got married because Lisa felt very suspicious of him, which I understand, and thought that he might have altered her motives. So Anna limited her contact with him outside of work because she wanted to make her wife happy. She's trying to be a good wifey. However, though, Loya starts to really resent her over this. Coworkers would report during this time that there were months of passive-aggressive run-ins. So when Lisa invited Loya over to her place one night, because the wife was out of town, Anna was, and she was kind of lonely, he was like, oh, it's going to be like old times. I got my best friend back. Well, now, unfortunately, when Loya arrives, Lisa is, like, shit-faced. She's incredibly drunk, and she makes a pass at him. Now, he turns her down, she gets a little bit more insistent, and she's like, it's okay, we won't tell Anna. And Loya turns her down and leaves. So, that's inappropriate. <laughs> he's like, well, don't do that. Well, so, somehow Loya develops this incredibly delusional belief that Lisa raped him and calls this whole night a rape of the mind, which I understand how shocking and scary something like this is. And I'm not trying to belittle his feelings at all when I say that this dude just kind of took things way too far. Because that is, that is scary. It is scary, especially if you're a guy, you're not, this sounds bad. If you're a guy, you're not used to people treating you that way. I could see where maybe this could hit and hurt somebody more. And it was still very inappropriate and not cool. But he still, this, you'll see, you'll see. This goes way too far. (laughs) So Lisa calls him the next day and she apologizes profusely. She's like, I'm so sorry. That was horrible of me. I did a really bad thing. And Loya promises to keep it a secret, but he gets scared of her, of somehow, scared that she's going to somehow turn it against him and ruin his career. So he decides to report it, which, okay, that's fine. And yeah, I think go ahead, do it. that's a good move on his part. But Loya encounters something that women are all very well aware of. The Coast Guard basically does nothing about this. They give him a new desk away from her, but they say that a transfer request would cause too much paperwork. Side note, have you heard about the quote-unquote mysterious female suicides in the military? No. We're going to have to talk about that one of these times. Uh, like, it's, they're quote, they're, they're being suicided. Oh, they're being suicided. They're not, they're not <laughs> committing suicide. They're being, they're being murdered. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, they were suicided. Oh, gosh, that's... Ooh, yeah. Ooh, hey, that's like a topic for you. For and what? it's usually like after they've come forward about rape allegations and things like that. Yeah. Well, this doesn't happen to him, but we'll get there. So Loya starts obsessing over this, and he writes a 19-page letter titled The Lisa Effect, where he talks graphically about his crush on, her, on Lisa. Yeah, Anna was right. He did have a hardcore crush on her. She was totally right to be like, you shouldn't hang out with them. But so he's rambling on and on this 19 page letter about how he like, oh, my God, like, I love you, but I'm also afraid of you, but I love you. And also a lot of self-diagnosis that he gets from clearly late night Googling when he was just, yeah. <laughs> I have cancer. <laughs> I have cancer. No, because he like self-diagnosed himself with like a lot of stuff that I won't even get into. because <clears throat> I have self-diagnosed myself with dyslexia. Straight up. Oh, yeah. But that's because I fuck up numbers and letters enough (laughs) to do that. Even even with my new job, I can tell I'm doing that. Like, when I read, like, a phone number back or something. I'm like, no, no, it's this. I'm like, no, yeah, that's what I have. I just read it backwards. I'm sorry. (laughs) Daisies. Now it happens to me, too. But no, it wasn't like... See, at least, like, self-diagnosing yourself with, like, dyslexia, that doesn't make you write a 19-page letter. <laughs> um, 
You don't yeah. know what I do in my spare time. I don't. I don't. But, like, it depends on who you're sending the letter to and how creepy the letter is. But I also think that all letters over two pages are inherently creepy. Because you couldn't, you couldn't edit this down, bud. You had to take up 19 pages. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, of course, he does send all 19 pages to Lisa and also sends a copy to Anna. And so Anna calls him and says that he needs to stay away from them and never speak to them again. Fortunately, Loya does get transferred out to Virginia and Anna and Lisa get transferred to Massachusetts. So this should all be over, right? Wrong. Wrong. That's even uh-huh. wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. No, because it makes it even worse. He obsesses even more. And he begins crafting, I shit you not, a 250-page manifesto called The Loya Wars. <laughs> Which wait, wait, the lawyer wars like W A R S, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, he did that. And I tried to find a copy of it online just to see how how bad it was, but I couldn't find it. So that's probably for the best, though. Uh, however, though, he goes, he uh, goes way into detail describing Loya's relationship with Lisa and why he wants to fucking kill her. The last chapter is called Operation Purple Rebel which is a 13-point action plan detailing how he's going to get his revenge. Uh, And this is a quote from it. The mission is a basic assassination mission. Confront Lisa any way I can and terminate her. Make sure Lisa knows that I am taking her life and why. This should be very interesting on how this all plays out. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, also, like, I want to take this time to be like, He's acting like he's, like, this hardcore, like, marine type. And then he uses the word totes. Well, I mean, I might have edited that. <laughs> oh. I might have taken some artistic liberty. Because I, I, I don't like him. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> anyways, it's that he thinks that he's, like, this hardcore military type. And he's like, oh, no, combat. Ooh. He's in the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard doesn't see heavy combat Usually, I would expect. That's why the Coast Guard gets made fun of. Yeah, because, like, well, I mean, honestly, if I had to join the military branch, it'd be the Coast Guard, because it sounds chill. Because I don't feel like getting shot at. So, or going to the desert. But he really, like, has this weird inflated vision of himself as this weird, big, like, ooh, I'm macho and strong. I know war. It's like, you don't, though. Okay. So it gets even crazier because he drives 10 hours to Massachusetts and starts stalking them in October. He sets up hunting cameras around their house. And of course, he's recording everything himself like a big dumb idiot, as I, as I said in my notes, by attaching a GoPro to his chest. So there's nice. like literally like hours and hours and hours of video of him doing this, of stalking them. Because for some reason, he's like, I need to make a movie about this for me so everyone can understand my feelings and how I feel. Because I'm a big boy. <laughs> like, I'm an adult. So come February, he feels prepared enough to execute his plan. And of course, because he's extra, he chooses his 31st birthday as the day. Nice. This is- Happy birthday to me. Which is, let me look up the actual date. Because I looked it up, and then I done fucked up. Oh, here we go. Good. So, February 5th, 2015. So, actually, it's not that long ago. Happy birthday? I mean, (laughs) he dons his tactile gear and drives to their home. He parks his car to block the entry of the condominium complex and lights it on fire to slow down the police. He also sets up the stereo system outside the vehicle and blasts the theme to, and I, I shit you not, He's blasting the theme to Star Wars. <laughs> like, yeah, he has a theme. He, he, he basically made like a, like a soundtrack to this, which also means that he has way too much time on his hands. So he makes his way into, his home, into the home. He like is able to break in and creeps up the stairs while doing some home alone shit and pouring oil all over the stairs as he goes up because he thinks, oh, if the cops come in here, they're going to slip and fall on this, and then they can't get me. And it's like, they, I'm pretty sure police officers wear non-slips, dude, or a form of non-slips. Like, that's, that's not how this, how this works. Uh, but that just kind of shows you his tactile genius. So 
So I will say the car thing, that was pretty clever. But anyways, she goes <laughs> into the bedroom and rips off the sheets off of a sleeping Lisa and Anna and starts screaming at them to get down, put their hands up. They believe this is a robbery, so they try to reason with the masked intruder. Since this isn't going as Louia envisioned, because he's like, damn it, they don't know it's me. Like, oh, you're ruining my entrance. He pulls off his mask dramatically. And Lisa's like, what, Adrian? Like, why are you here? And then he starts to do a Disney villain monologue of, look what you've done to me. You're making me do this. This is all what I had to what you oh, did. What happened? My, my lights fell. No. It's all right. They've been falling because the sticky stuff on the wall sucks. Mm. I need I, I need different sticky stuff. But it's kind of good for dramatic effect. <laughs> but basically, he's like, this is because of you. I'm a monster now. Okay. Like, cue epic hair flips. Lisa keeps on saying, I don't understand what I do to you. What did I do to you? And eventually, she just gives up on getting a straight answer for him, from him and just says, I'm sorry? And just starts apologizing to him because she, like, he just can't be reasoned with. And so, he, to which she responds dramatically by saying, you had two years to say you were sorry. Now, here's the point I want to remind the audience that uh, the night after... Lisa was a total creep. She does call and actually apologize to him, and apparently he just does not remember. Because huh. he's just too obsessed. So 11 shots ring out and strike Lisa, and then several more strike Anna. Now, also I feel like Lisa did a good job by being trying to defuse the situation, because honestly, my dumb ass would have said, wait, are you, are you, are you playing the Star Wars theme right now? And then been like, nerd alert. And then he just would have obliterated me totally. But worth it. Anyway, so Anna lays, uh, lays next to her quickly dying wife in the darkness. And she realizes that she's not far behind either. So Anna turns to Lisa and she says, I love you. And Lisa's last words to her that she'd ever say to her would be, I love you too. And Lisa begins to make a choking noise and then exhaled never to inhale again. And Anna believes all is lost. Then a voice in the darkness. 911, what's your emergency? That's right. That's right. Lisa had her phone in her hand as she was dying and dialed 911. And Loyal's plans of the whole suicide by cop thing doesn't work out because Anna gets the phone. You can hear this 911 call like on the internet. And it's like really, oh God, it was moving. Because all you hear is what, how it starts is that you hear them say, like, I love you to each other. And then the operator is like, hey, what's your emergency? And then Anna's like, wait, someone's here? Oh, my God. And so she's able to talk to the 911 dispatch, and they're able to send the cops. And so it's clear that, like, Adrian's idea of this dumb loyal wards thing was he's like, I'm going to stay super suicide by cops and go out in a blaze of glory. It does not work out that way. Because, yeah, the cops are slowed down a little bit by the car fire. Uh, but they swarm the apartment complex, get him totally surrounded. He does actually wound one police officer, but fortunately he's okay and he recovers. So the officers are able to talk him down and they are able to convince him to surrender without firing any more shots. Anna is life-flighted to the nearest hospital and survives. And just, I think in 2017, Loya was convicted of homicide and he's basically been sentenced to life in prison. But I kind of want to end the segment with uh, the impact statement that Lisa gave. And she says, uh, my name is Anna uh, Trubinova. Lisa was my wife. February 19th, 2001, or 2011, my bad, was known as one of the best days of my life. I was attending an A school in Penaluma, California, otherwise known as the Cal Country, located 45 minutes north of San Francisco. That evening, I decided to meet up with some friends in the city who were already there. I came to a local club called the Cafe in the Castro District, which is a much larger, uh, which is a much larger province town. Shortly after my arrival, one of my friends casually introduced Lisa and I to get to each other, and I conveniently danced away, uh, danced away to leave us behind. The following few seconds were filled with lights and loud music, with people dancing all around us. It's a place where I could be myself. I could let my guard down after spending the whole week hiding that I'm gay in a military setting. Here, I didn't have to hide who I was. And she turns to me and casually, with the most beautiful, lazy smile, says to me, you're Trubic Nova, right? 
It turns out she was not just in the Coast Guard, but stationed in the same A school that I was and was on the same duty rotation as I was. She heard my name called out before it, this information. She remembered my name. It's not an easy name to remember or pronounce correctly. Some weeks later, she would tell me that she noticed me in school and hoped that I was gay too. <laughs> like, oh gosh, like, that's what's so hard is like a lesbian and a gay person or bisexual or anything because you don't know. The rest of the night was so easy. We talked over the blurring beats and danced to them. It was almost effortless connection I've ever experienced with another person. Yes, she was beautiful, but there was so much more. And it goes on and it's really beautiful, but I felt like that was the best one to kind of take away. Gotcha, gotcha. So, and also, fun fact, I say that sarcastically, is that Adrian Loyal, now in prison, though he's trying to appeal his murder charge, he's not gonna, he's not gonna get it. He now says, oh no, I don't think she raped me. She just acted, inappro acted inappropriately. And just the way that my mind was at, this is just what happened. <sighs> yeah. What a fucking <sighs> really? Like your murder soundtrack is the fucking Star Wars theme song. Oh, uh, work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all these stairs. <sighs> oh, oh, this was the best part. I forgot. I didn't put it in my main notes. But uh, so he did think that the cops were going to storm his apartment. And so he also kind of set up somewhere home alone traps in there, but none of them worked. So when the cops go in there to kind of like look around, he apparently had post large life-size cutouts of Han Solo and Princess Leia to like scare them. <laughs> Did <And> it work? <laughs> no, no, it didn't. They're police officers. Oh, I also <laughs> want to say that I didn't say this at the beginning because it would have given away a lot of the story, but uh, Psychology Today actually wrote a really good article on this called The Murder-Suicide Mission. Not a very creative title, but still a very good article. Right. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. I feel bad that Lisa didn't make it. I hope yeah. that uh, where she's at. Oh, <sighs> I got a lot of information from Crime Watch called A Blueprint for Murder. Wait, what? It's called A Blueprint for Murder. It's a it was a video series that they did on this case. Oh. Uh, well Do we have well, do we got our well, news? Uh, we'll remember to do the ad next week. <laughs> write that. Yeah. Yeah, we got an ad, guys, but you're not going to hear it this week. No, so just like close your eyes and imagine what it could possibly be. Oh my God, it's so exciting. Leave some mystery in there. Um, make sure you email us. The Dead Talk. This is it the Dead Talk Podcast. The Dead Talk Podcast at gmail.com. Find mm -hmm. us on Twitter and Instagram at Dead Talk Pod. We're really bad about posting on there. We'll follow it anyway, so we'll get better someday. You know what? We're just we're very artistic. About one it. of us should be in control of the Instagram, and one of us should do the Twitter, and that should be that. Are you better at Twitter or Instagram? <sighs> I'm better at Instagram than Twitter. I don't get Twitter. Okay, I was gonna say Twitter. I'll, okay, I'll thank God. Good. Okay, I'll do the Instagram then. All right, sounds good. Praise, All praise right, boom. Got boom. That. Did it. We did it. Look at that planning. <laughs> Um, head on over to Dead Talk Podcast Facebook page where I sometimes post spooky stuff. And Did you see that music video I shared? The Jim Maybe? Jones one? Yes, I saw that one. That was a good one. Yeah. That was good. And like someday I'll make a page that people can like on Facebook too instead of just the group. But you know what? Again, artistic. I don't know how to make it because I don't want it to be like where you have to like get approved to join like like how do you make it so you can just join you make a public page that you just like and then you can just like it's a public group well that's not the same as a public page though that's different don't don't worry don't worry don't worry i i will take care of it sometime i don't know i mean people can still i mean everybody can post in the group i guess is that the okay, difference you know what you know what i i will i will make the facebook page sometime this week Maybe don't hold me to that because I, I I'm, I'm a whimsical I'm a whimsical person. Don't don't fuck with the group. You're fine. Wait wait group type. I can change it. No 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 no. You can't change a group to oh, a page. Can't you can't. You can't. Totally different. It's a totally different thing. But don't worry. I'll take care of that. I'll hey, well we can link our page so you can make the yeah, page. Or we can link the group to the page. Yeah. Ha ha. Yeah yeah. There you go. There you go. Wait, change privacy settings. 
It's a public anyway. Why do they have to be accepted? Mm. Anyways, that's housekeeping. I have a nice, happy news story. Good. Tell us. This was posted on October 13th, 2019. And uh, let me see if I can figure out who it was written by. Where's the writer? I don't see who wrote it. I'll find it. World War II veteran James South turned 100 years old on Monday. Weeks prior to his big day, he asked for 100 birthday cards. Hell his, yeah. his assisted living community, Brookdale Watuga, posted a photo of South's wish on Facebook. He never imagined he would receive more than 100,000 cards. Hell yeah! Go to the store in town and pick out a card and send it to me. That's almost more than I can handle, I'll tell you, South said. It touches my heart. We're just crying every day because we're just reading all these beautiful cards, his uh, daughter-in-law, Debbie South, said. The cards came from as far as Australia, Great Britain, and even China. He heard from the governor of Texas, United States senators, even the president of the United States. Well, oh. but, you know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Good job. I mean, was it really Donald Trump or was it like his No, secretary? it was probably. But if it was Donald Trump, I guess good on him. Look, he had a small moment of empathy. I doubt it was him. I doubt it was as well. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. We might, nation, have, we might not have to worry about him in a little while. We'll see. Our nation owes you. Our nation owes your generation the greatest generation. Okay, this is definitely Donald Trump. Our oh, nation oh. owes your generation the greatest generation. Uh, a tremendous debt of gratitude. The letter from President Donald Trump read. South said he is feeling very grateful. I'm just thanking God for watching over me and keeping me healthy. There's no telling where I'll go from here, he said. So it's always nice when you see stories like that. Yeah, man. It's so like the community coming together. And I am not seeing who wrote this article. So I apologize, whoever wrote this article. But I am not seeing your name anywhere. You cannot see it. It's hidden. I can't find it. Don't find it. All right. Well, hey, we did it. We're gonna get better at posting more regularly on everything and posting uh, 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 episodes more regularly. It's just life. Yeah, you know what? And here's the thing: is that we got day jobs, y'all. Yeah, but it's actually getting better because now me and Jessica work the exact same schedule, so I don't gotta wait until late to make dinner. We can have dinner as soon as we get home. Oh, and this is so. I got more. I got more time after work now, so it should be easier for us here on out. <clears throat> Yeah, hey, I'm starting to settle into things easier, too, so. We'll get there, one day at a time. One day at a time, eh? All right, well, that's it. We'll talk to y'all next time. Bye-bye, 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 bye-bye.